When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Have you ever gotten ice cream from the supermarket and you scoop it out, but it just doesn't have that ice cream parlor taste? Well, guess what? Did you know you can find real, unbelievably creamy ice cream at the grocery store? Yeah, that's right. Tillamook ice cream is made with more cream, so you get smooth, dreamy scoops each time. I'm not going to lie. The flavors are delicious. And in family-sized cartons, I love their vanilla bean. Vanilla bean, to me, is the way that you judge anyone's ice cream. And their rich vanilla ice cream made with real crushed vanilla bean seeds is delicious. Or their organ strawberry. Oh, I love it. Sweet strawberry ice cream with ripe organ strawberry pieces. So, so good. Plus, you got to check out their mudside flavor. It's smooth chocolate ice cream with a ribbon of rich fudge and chocolatey chips. Oh, it's so good. I got to go get some ice cream right now. Plus, you know you're in good hands with Tillamook brand. They make over 200 different dairy products and the brand is farmer owned and led by dairy experts. Boy, oh boy. I love them all, and you're going to love them too. Whether it's birthday cake, peaches and cream, mint chocolate chip, banana split, or cookies and cream, there is a flavor for you. Find Tillamook ice cream near you at Tillamook.com. That's T-I-L-L-A-M-O-O-K.com. How is your sock drawer looking? I know when I open up mine, it is a sad scene. There's lone socks, holy socks. Well, guess what? It's spring cleaning, which means Bomba's spring collection is here, and they have new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They've got stripes and florals, all new, vintage colored rib socks. I love them. They are the best sock your feet have ever been in. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bomba's. Head on over to bombas.com slash bonkers and use the code bonkers for 20% off your first purchase. That's B. O-M-B-A-S dot com slash bonkers. Use the code bonkers at checkout. How to promote your small business? How much is the price of meth? And Jason and Paul, that's me, help solve your problems. All this and more on today's Last Looks. Hit the theme. Last Looks. Hold up, we're not done. Gotta call Paul and see what is up. Carpe diem to all you shoulder-to-shoulder urinators. I'm your biker gang leader, Paul Shear, and welcome to How Did This Get Made? Last Looks, where you, the listener, get to voice your issues on Torque. Jason and I answer phone calls on the helpline, and we reveal next week's movie. Plus, I will share an exclusive bonus scene from our last episode at the end of this episode. But first things first, a big shout-out to Dan from Rochester for that amazing theme song. Dan, I hope that's Rochester, New York. Uh, And if it is, man, I've been there. I'm glad you're keeping the people of Rochester warm with your lyrics and your soul. Uh, If you're not from Rochester, ah, who cares? You know what? I still love you, Dan. Anyway, we love these songs. If you have a Last Looks theme song, you can send it to howdidthisgetmade at earwolf.com. Keep them short. 15 to 20 seconds is best. You know it. You listen to the show. You don't want to make them long. No one wants that. All right, let's get into it. Last week, we talked at length about Torque, a movie that, according to Discord user Grayest Hound, had all the fumes, 
but none of the family. I love these taglines. And you know what? I really love a good tagline in general. And this week when I saw the poster for Meg 2, yes, Meg 2, Statham is back, motherfuckers. We did this movie on the show when it came out. I loved it so much. We'll do the sequel when it comes out this summer. But the tagline for Meg 2 is awesome. New Meg, old chum. That's that's fucking great. More Meg movies, please. I think the movie's called The Trench, back for seconds. And I believe <laughs> this, the Meg eats a dinosaur. Anyway, you had more questions about Torque than we had time to answer. So we figured we'd give a chance for you to ask those questions right now. You can fact check us if you will, because this is time for corrections and omissions. Usually we get things right, some things we get wrong. Sometimes we leave things up, it's hard to cover it all. That's why you send us all your corrections and omissions. Thank you, Francis Rizzo, for that great theme. Let's go to the Discord, starting off with Johnny Unusual. So the bald dude that Ford beats up at the beginning is supposed to be a Dom Toretto parody, right? I mean, the movie already took a lot of shots at Fast and Furious, so this seems like they're opening the film saying if Dom and Ford got into a fight, Ford could take him easily. Now, I did not recognize that because the movie just kind of begins and that character is seen really quickly, but I'm looking at him here. He is a bald dude. He has a similar body to Dom. He is in a similar undershirt to Dom. No cross. I mean, it's subtle. If that's what they're going for, it's subtle. But again, this whole movie is subtly taking shots at a movie that the producer already made. So God bless you. I agree with you, Johnny Unusual. That probably is dumb. But then who's the other guy? It's not Paul Walker. Ginger writes, somehow this movie is trying to pay homage to old Westerns and real life outlaw culture slash history. Look at the characters' names. Ford, who famously shot Jesse James and whose alleged grandson, West Coast Chopper founder Jesse James, is an extra. Whoa. Dalton, the Dalton gang, was a famous group of Old West outlaws. Shane, some consider Shane the greatest Western film ever made. I don't. Sonny, Sonny Barger was the founder of Hell's Angels. All right, Ginger. Yeah, I guess that's a good mix and match. I would love if it was like all Old West or all like outlaw culture, but the mix and match. Yeah, I love it. Makes sense. That's a writerly thing to do. Uh, Cameron H. writes this. Maybe I missed something, but was there significance to them going to Mexico at the end? Or was it just like within easy driving distance? I mean, the entire movie, he gushes on and on about the people and cuisine of Thailand. He tells Shane of that coastal highway that was so beautiful that it made him think of her every time he wrote it. How does the movie not end with Ford and Shane driving on that stretch of highway together? to the dulcet melodies of Nickelback, of course. Cameron H., 100%. Yeah, why aren't they going back to Thailand? It seems like Mexico is too close. seems like everyone that that is after them could easily get to Mexico. All right, I'm loving these points. Let's go to Hobobot. 
Uh, and Hobobot has brought up something that I'm so excited about. The word wergasm, which Paul pointed out, was graffitied on a bathroom wall, and it was a trademarked as a clothing brand name in September of 2003, less than four months before Torque was released. An internet search revealed the logo resembles the bathroom graffiti, and the trademark was filed by Lee Ross, who is listed in the Torque credits on IMDb as Paint Foreman on the Movie. Whoa! No doubt Lee tagged his own small business logo for some street cred with the Hog Riders. Holy shit. Also, this is from Scott, Lee Ross is credited as the lead scenic painter on 65 episodes of Grace and Frankie. We got to ask June about this. Oh my God. We need to start wearing some wergasm. This is... Already one of the best things that we've uncovered in the history of the podcast. Let's go to the phones. Anna from L.A. Hi, Jason, Paul, and June. This is Anna from Los Angeles. I was very fortunate that I was able to attend the show at Largo for Torque. Thinking about this movie and the would-be Torqueverse, I'm so very curious how they landed on Martin Henderson. It really made me think about the casting and if they had cast someone who was more known for maybe action movies. Uh, I guess Ford was cast because he was in The Ring, but it, it just it just felt like it could have been better if there was someone like, I don't know, Jason Statham with his like infamous Los Angeles accent or another sort of up-and-coming action star of the time. Uh, would love to know your thoughts. Thanks. If you're asking me, would Jason Statham make this movie better? The answer is, of course, yes. But I kind of disagree with your thesis because at this point in the early 2000s, I think Hollywood studios were trying to find new leading men for these cheap action movies. And if somebody popped, it would be a great big success. Case in point, we've already mentioned him once here before, Vin Diesel. He was not a known commodity, but then he came in, exploded on the scene. I think they wanted to try to find the next big thing. And there's a lot of movies out there that did not find the next big thing. Doesn't mean that they were bad. It just didn't connect. And maybe the movie was better. Maybe Martin Henderson would have become the next Vin Diesel. I don't know. But yes, if Jason Statham was available, I would put him in here. But I also feel like he wouldn't represent like California outlaw culture as much as we would like, because then it would be a little bit more like that dumb Brit. Like, I feel like there would be like an energy there. And I don't think that the movie could take on yet another level of social commentary. All right. Uh, Cheryl from Utah. Hey, Paul. Cheryl from Utah. I was lucky enough to attend actually the live taping of Twerk. Such a delight. And I wanted to ask you a small about a small moment in the film. When Ice Cube first lands on top of the train, he lifts his already clear visor to, I assume, make even more direct eye contact with Ford and then ends up putting it right back down. Why do you think he made the choice to lift that visor? Adore the show. And you, thank you for all you do. Oh, wow, Cheryl. Thank you for coming out. And by the way, thank you, Anna, for coming out uh, to our Largo shows. We have new Largo shows. We just announced them today. They are on sale right now. Right now. Another residency in June. Three nights, three different movies, at least two guests that are already booked and they're awesome. Hopefully tickets are still available as you listen to this. I know they go quickly. Um, But Cheryl from Utah, look, 
<laughs> that was a good thing you realize that Ice Cube, Ice Cube is doing a lot of work here. I remember watching Tron and the lead actor in the movie Tron, not the new one, but the old one, had a pair of glasses and he took those glasses on. He took them off. He barely was wearing these glasses. And I feel like Ice Cube, I know he rides a hog. I know he is a real motorcycle rider, whatever. He was doing a lot of business in this movie, whether it was sticking that magnet cell phone to his head, reading a map. This guy was doing business. And I feel like, (laughs) you know, Maybe he wanted to make sure his like actual eyes got like, is that him? Okay, it is. Boom. Now I can go off. You know, the idea being maybe there was another another white dude running around this train car. He, he It was about him being a professional. He doesn't want to kick the ass of somebody he's not sure is his enemy. So I, I give it to Ice Cube for, you know, not making uh, his eyes be deceived by the wonderful shade that that visor provides. Um, all right. Back to the Discord, Dr. Guts writes, Torque's inconsistent tone seems as if it was a result of the director and the studio having conflicting visions of the movie. Director Joseph Kahn has been quoted as saying, I wanted to do with Fast and Furious movies what Evil Dead 2 did to horror films, a piss-take version of it. These are stupid-ass movies. What if I made one that was really fucking stupid? So Kahn wanted to do a parody of the Fast and Furious movies. Producer Neil Moritz in the studio wanted a more serious film that was simply Fast and Furious, but on motorcycles, it appears that they met somewhere in the middle, and this is what we got. Also, Torque was filmed in 2002 and meant to be released in 2003, but a similar movie called Biker Boys came out around then at the same time, and they pushed the release back to 2004. Now, let's break this down. I had read this as well. I wonder how much of this is like retroactive history, because when Joseph Kahn is saying, I wanted to do with the Fast and Furious movies what Evil Dead 2 did to horror films, at that point, there had only been one Fast and Furious film. And Biker Boys wasn't out. So this was a new idea. Now, I understand that if he wanted to take the piss out of Fast and Furious, great. But I also feel what Evil Dead does is A, it doesn't take the piss out of a horror movie. It is a horror movie that's incredibly inventive and cool and interesting. But more importantly, it has an amazing lead actor who is hilarious, and that is Bruce Campbell. So could you find a Bruce Campbell for a movie like this? Then maybe it could work because Martin Anderson ain't that. Uh, Adam Scott, sure, but Adam Scott's not the lead character. So I, I do think there's a little bit of like retroactive history going on here because I get that, but I also feel like there are ways to have made that movie and still given the producers of this movie what they wanted. Anyway, that's me on my high horse about uh, how to make Evil Dead 2. And I only know so much about Evil Dead 2 because I recently did an Unspooled about it. We had Bruce Campbell on Unspooled, and then we went and did Evil Dead 2. It was great. All right. I was actually curious after hearing this was um, about Biker Boys. I remember Biker Boys. I actually remember Biker Boys because it was just a silly name. And then SNL did a really hilarious parody of Biker Boys. And uh, take a listen to the Biker Boys trailer. Biker Boys, we set our own rules. For the speed. I think you're crazy. Some people are crazy. For the thrill. You talk like a man. Let's see if you can ride like one. For the win. Yeah. Get it all. 
You've got to risk it all. Lawrence Fishburne, Derek Luke, Orlando Jones, and Kid Rock. Do you know what we call bikers in the ER? Organ donors. Biker Boys. Rated PG-13. This may be something that we have to do in the show. I gotta tell Averill about this because you can't see it. And this is what is the problem with this medium when some of the things that we do on this show. But uh, Orlando Jones is wearing a cross necklace like Dom. All right. Uh, and Kid Rock is in this. I mean, this is, this could be a next one. So Scott, thank you for pulling that trailer. Dr. Guts, thanks for bringing this to my attention. Biker boys, activate. Danny the Wall writes, how much was the meth actually worth? Adam Scott was banking his entire career and waiting nearby for six months to get a couple of gas tanks worth. And he talked like it was going to make him like a millions of dollars. And Adam C. Driggers replies, well, the largest motorcycle gas tank holds six gallons. That's about enough space to hold about 22,000 grams of meth as a gram of meth is about a size of a cubic centimeter. According to the UN Office on Drugs and Crime, a gram of meth in 2004 could sell in the US for up to 500 bucks. Each bike could have contained $11.3 million in meth or a total value of $22.6 million. So Danny the Wall, bam! Adam C. Driggers just dropped the hammer on you. I, I mean, I am amazed. And I'm amazed that, Adam, you were not on this movie because we needed that. I would have loved to have had that fact. Just drop it down. Anyway, JXL writes, I have a theory about the shoulder-to-shoulder peeing thing. In the Tour de France, the system they've settled on is that the yellow jersey holder communicates with their team, uh, the peloton, when it's time to pull over and take a pee break. The announcers and the camera respect that and take a commercial break. Now and then you'll see photos of the backs of a group of men taking a collective piss break like they do in the movie. It could be that they have the same sort of system for longer motorcycle races or it could be that the makers just like that imagery from cycling. By the way, Wow, did not know that about the Tour de France. People, you've blown my mind this week with these corrections and omissions. I thought there was one easy one to give, but right now I'm looking at Adam, who's going deep in drug research. I'm talking about Tour de France peeing, which I didn't even know. Dr. Guts opening my eyes to the biker boys. But you know what? Hobobot, you got my heart. Wearegasm was a beautiful play by a scenic painter trying to sell his fashion brand. And you know what? For that research, you are the winner. And you get this amazing song from Ryan and Marie Adkins. Hit it! Yo, talk your shit, talk what you want. You win absolutely nothing. You win nothing. Absolutely nothing. You win nothing. You win absolutely nothing. You get nothing. All right. If you want to submit an alt tagline for the movie or chime in with your own thoughts about the latest episode, hit us up on the Discord at discord.gg slash hdtgm or call us at 619-PAUL-ASK. Coming up, Jason and I tag team some helpline phone calls. We reveal next week's movie and at the end of the episode, I will share an exclusive deleted scene from our Torque show. So stick around.
I recently went to the Telluride Comedy Festival and I was sick and tired of staying in the same kind of cookie cutter places. And I went on Airbnb and I found a perfect spot for me and the family. We had an amazing time because we felt like home. Then I realized, wait a second, what if I could give that feeling to someone else? Yes! That's the best part. When you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. That's right. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't even realize that their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and you can make someone feel great and make a little bit of money too because we all need a little bit of money and maybe your talent or your gift to the world is having a killer place. So if you have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's something that we've known since the dawn of bread. Everything is better sliced. Let me explain. Slice a pineapple, you get a blast of fresh fruit. Slice some jeans, get some jorts. That's why the new Captain Morgan Sliced went all in on four bold, deliciously sliced cocktail-style flavors, including pineapple daiquiri, strawberry margarita, mango mai tai, and passion fruit hurricane. Try the new Captain Morgan Sliced because sliced is better. Visit CaptainMorgan.com to find sliced near you. Does not contain real fruit or juice. Captain Morgan Sliced, premium flavored malt beverage with natural flavor and certified color. Captain Morgan & Co. Plainfield, Illinois. Please drink responsibly. 21 plus. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up here. There's something we should all be doing. It's going to improve your life, make every day a little bit better. And that is eat more Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes. Think about it. All the gurus, all the coaches out there, they've never said the words eat more Reese's. I mean, that combination of sweet chocolate and salty peanut butter. I mean, this is something that brings other people and ourselves joy. That's why there's two in a pack. Shop Reese's peanut butter cups now at a store near you found wherever candy is sold and often in my pantry because I love these. All right, people, just a heads up, Matinee Monday, every Monday we're pulling episodes out of the vault, re-releasing them back into the rotation, and to get ready for Fast 10, we have re-released The Fate of the Furious with Adam Scott, and then after that, we will be finishing up our prep work with Fast 9. So every week, we're getting you ready to go to the cinema to get ready for Fast 10. All right. This week on Just Chat, Jason and I decided to open up the helpline and offer our expert opinions to a few listeners reaching out for advice. Hillary Gay, play us in. Call 619 Paul. Ask call 619 Last time on Last Looks, we didn't really talk about what we liked or what we were watching, but we did talk a lot about travel and we gave some advice. We helped people out. I got some more oh, phone yeah. calls. Oh, we, yeah. We blew, we blew people's minds. We've revolutionized the way the audience travels with <laughs> luggage, backpacks, and packing cubes. All right. This is actually going to be another, I think, really good question. This is going to be uh, Trevor from Rhode Island. And the title of this uh, is, uh, well, I'll let him kind of set up his own question. Well, you know, we, okay. we'll know. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Hey, Paul. This is uh, Trevor from uh, uh, Rhode Island. Not Long Island, where I think you're from. Yeah, Rhode Strong Island. Island. I got my girlfriend a watch for Christmas. So what's that? Three months ago, uh, it was expensive for me. Uh, you know, we're talking 
a $1,500 wash, Whoa. which is definitely more than uh, wow. is was in the budget. Sure. But, so I get her this watch, and um, she claims to love it, but not the, uh, like, color. No problem. We exchange the watch for the same watch, but in, uh, like, a gold instead of a, a rose gold. Gets the watch, says she loves it. It's a golden diamond watch. It's beautiful. You know, I think she should love it. Um, uh, she's had the opportunity to wear the watch a lot, and she's worn the watch, I think, uh, twice in, you know, a few months, and it's always, she's always saying she forgot to wear it. I think she doesn't like the watch. And, uh, I just want to know, is it appropriate for me to reclaim the watch and, uh, do something else? with the watch i'm calling you for help help me thanks love the show was in front row for geostorm geostorm i love it trevor (laughs) uh great call from trevor from rhode island not long island great question this is actually a phenomenal question i i feel like from uh, massapequa uh massapequa new york uh (laughs) (laughs) i was trying to find out our good friend mike rosenstein great guy producer of the eric andre show and many other things he is from uh, rhode island and he has a shirt i think of this guy buddy like everyone buddy cianci yes buddy cianci there is oh yeah uh, noted, uh, 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 oh, like, was he a gangster? Just, I'm not even going to get into it. Just Google Buddy Cianci, or even better, listen to the Crime Town podcast. Ooh. Um, this is going back a number of years. Crime Town podcast. Um, it is an absolutely fascinating look into the organized crime. Uh, uh, you know, uh, all the organized crime in New England, uh, specifically around crime boss Raymond Patriarca in yes. Rhode, in in Providence, Rhode Island, and then Buddy Cianci, who is a political figure who also gets bogged down and mired in all of this organized crime nonsense, and then also makes and sells his own pasta sauce, uh, which. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I got to listen to this because I know a little bit about this uh, this guy. And it's so funny because Rhode Island to me seems so small. And it seemed like this is a very big operation going on. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Raymond Patriarca was one of the biggest like uh, crime, uh, you know, mob figures in the second half of the 20th century, like a hugely powerful, you know, basically for a while, Providence was. I believe this is true, and somebody's going to correct me if I'm wrong. Providence was like you had the five families in New York, and then you had, you know, the New England mob that was related, but uh, Patriarca, and then up in, in Boston, you had like Whitey Bulger right. and Angelo and all those folks. But Patriarca was like the head of New England crime. Well, and this, and just so you know, if you want to find this uh, podcast, it is called Divine Providence. Uh, in, in What's that? that's that is the crime town that I think they've like packaged oh, it as like I'm a, sorry I'm sorry I get it, it now so it is crime they've town. retitled it they've yeah, retitled yeah, yeah. it this like series as, oh I'm glad uh, you said that uh, Divine Providence you can find I just typed in I've typed in crime town and that and that's what came up so it's Divine Providence and that's like the series of this it's fantastic podcast and it's one season it's really interesting great if you like mob stories this one is. So funny and so surprising and super interesting. I love it. All right. So this is a good question. Trevor has bought an expensive gift for his girlfriend and not worried about it. Like he's like, I'm going to buy her an expensive gift. This is a tricky thing because 
he buys her something that he thinks that she's going to like. She returns it to get something that she likes even a little bit more. But now she's not wearing the expensive gift and he's worried that she doesn't really like it. And if she doesn't really like it, can he take it back? And this is a compli- this is complicated because uh I mean yeah. I I I don't think it's that complicated but but again uh, who knows like uh, you know these are you know to me mm-hmm. and let me know what you think Paul yeah, yeah. I think Trevor what a great great job you know going out getting your girlfriend something that's fantastic um now, and his girlfriend seems to also be trying to do, both of them seem to be doing their best, right? right. He's he's made this generous offer. It does, I agree with you, Paul, seem like she does not like the watch. Right. And is try, in, and in exchanging it for a slightly different version of the watch was trying to make it a little bit better. But she, I think, is, it sounds like he bought her something. He even says, I thought, I think she should like it. Right. He thinks she should like it. That's not up to you, Trevor. It's not up to you to decide what you think she sh- she would like. What you should do is say, "Hey, I think go to her and say, "Hey, I I you know, I loved getting you this gift. It was uh, you know, wonderful, right. but I based on the fact that you're not wearing it, I think you might not like it, which is fine." Right. I took a I took a chance. Trevor, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but you didn't buy a watch she saw in on a website or something or in a window right. and said, "I like that." And you went and got it. You you decided what it was. Now she's trying to make it work, but but doesn't have to. She doesn't have to like your taste or what you think should be her taste. And so I would go to her and say, can we return the watch? And why don't we shop together for something you would like and you would wear? I think you will be you will be happy that she's wearing whatever you got her. And I think it's hurting your feelings now that she's not. Yeah. And and I'll say a couple things, too, about this. I'm not married. No, but I I think that (laughs) no, but I think that you're approaching this in the right way. I think that it's hard to buy anyone. I I have a big theory on stuff, which is I don't think you should buy art for anyone. (laughs) I don't think that you should buy very expensive things for people unless you know exactly that they want that. Like, you know, like, for example, I know that June has mentioned at a certain point, like she wants a tennis bracelet, like that kind of, um, you know, Uh like that, you know, that in my mind at one point, if I have the means, that's something that I know I could probably nail to a certain degree. But I, but I would put a lot of thought into it. Like I wouldn't buy, I wouldn't just go out and buy her something willy nilly. I've bought June a really nice watch, an antique watch, because I knew that she liked something from that thing. So I really, whenever I do spend money, I really think about that, but it's very hard to buy uh, art, jewelry, things like that. Anything's personal. Like a person. I was yeah. just gonna say anything that's personal, or that that feeling that person might have a personal feeling about it, and how it how the it, it how it reflects on their personal aesthetic, or their per, like their their what they perceive of as their style, or whatever. Anything that you're buying that someone else has to wear every day, yes. or someone else has to say this is my taste. I think that's dangerous until you really are dialed into their taste. And even then you can make a mistake. And I just want to say to Trevor, you're like, I I feel like Trevor is almost mad about it. Right. Maybe that's I'm mischaracterizing yeah, no, no, it. I, I think you're right. I you, think he's upset you cannot about it. be mad, Trevor. She has done nothing wrong. 
just because she's not received your gift the way you wanted it to be received. Right. And that's I, not the that's not the game. But right? I think that when you do these purchases and this is how I kind of I'm going around I'm going in a roundabout way when I do a purchase that I'm unsure about the one thing that I make sure that I know is that I can return it. Right. I I get myself an out and I give them an out like and I say to them very matter of factly, like I'm going to like I've done this in the past where I will give a nice gift and I will let them I say them because I I think this is this is universal to a certain degree. If you're spending money on somebody, even a good friend or whatever, like I want to like have the moment, enjoy the gift. Oh, my gosh, I love this watch. This is so great. Blah, blah, blah. And then what I'll do on the sly as I'll say, hey, by the way, here's a gift receipt in case you want to return it. Okay, in case, like, like it's sort of like you can leave me out of it, leave me out of like, yeah. I, like not that I want, but it may make it easier for some people. Some people may not want to like tell you, and like, like June could go off and return something I gave her, and then God bless, like, it, like I don't have to know. It's not a big deal, but she got you know whatever. Well, I, I want somebody to have a thing that they're going to be excited to have. Yes, me you too. Know? That's the, the, the thing. I want them to have something yeah. nice. Yeah, and, and that's you know, and you want you want that feeling. And I think Trevor, be careful of trying to chase the feeling of like a victory for you. The gift is for her. The hardest you know I mean? thing. It's not so you can have a win. Yes. It's so that she can have something she loves. Right. 100%. And you're not always going to nail it. And that's OK. You know, like the like I remember when I was a kid, it, it, this, it almost reminds me of when I was a little kid. I got my mom a necklace for Christmas that was C-3PO. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and then like months later, I said, like tears in my eyes. I only know this because it's been told yeah. to me. One of those stories, tears in my eyes, so upset asking because I ca- I would ask my mom um, if she was going out or if we were right. going somewhere, if she, if she was going to wear it. Oh, I love this. Um, and then she, I was upset because she wasn't wearing mm. it. She wasn't wearing the C-3PO necklace. So then she she would she told me that she would wear it out of the door, out the house to be like, yeah. I'm leaving. Goodbye. And then take it off. Oh, um, what a cute But thing. very cute. And then that C-3PO was turned into a Christmas tree ornament, which is pretty great. I love that. When you're thinking of hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching. And you know what? Did you know that 70% of users don't even visit other leading job sites? If you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. LinkedIn knows that small businesses might not have the time or resources, so they're constantly finding ways to make the process easier. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate in 24 hours, and they even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash valuable. That's linkedin.com slash valuable to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, there are things that we need to get off our chest. Maybe someone in your life, a loved one, is driving you crazy, but they don't mean to be driving you crazy. And you want to vent and you want to get it out, but you just don't want to drop it on them because you're not really mad at them. Maybe you're mad at yourself. 
Because we all have these things that set off our stressors, right? We keep them bottled up and they start to affect us. And we start to then affect other people because our energy is off. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a questionnaire, you get matched, and then guess what? If you don't like your therapist, you can switch to another licensed therapist at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash bonkers today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bonkers. I was traveling with my kids. We stopped to get breakfast at Shake Shack and my kids said, mom said, we can have milkshakes. And I was so tired. It didn't make sense to me, but I was like, if June says the kids can have milkshakes, I'll get them milkshakes. I got them milkshakes. June's like, I never said that. And you know what? I felt ripped off. I felt ripped off by my own kids. And that's the feeling I don't ever like to have. I never like to get ripped off by anyone. And that's why Harry's started their company of Harry's Razors, because they saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry. And they decided to do something better. That's right. They decided to do a razor that had a great price, high customer satisfaction, that had a no-risk trial, and they have other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors, okay? I love the body wash, and they have deodorant that smells damn good. I gotta tell you, I love these razors. They are perfect, and now I am a paying subscriber. That's right. So do not settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3. That's right. Go to harrys.com slash bonkers. That's harrys.com slash bonkers for a $3 trial set. Now, also we'll put into the mix that um, the truth is watches don't go with everything. It, like a guy, like a guy may have like a couple watches, unless you're John Mayer or something like that. Uh, you know, like, you, you know, <laughs> and then you got like a whole fucking, you know, closet full. But like, for example, watch closet, uh, watch that's closet. Like a, that's, a, that's a Bob Duca list. <laughs> watch closet. I got a Rolex and Potemkin. Uh, uh, the, um, <laughs> but like the, uh, but I also would say, like, this this Cartier watch that I got you, this, uh, this like, uh, antique thing that I got her, she didn't wear that all the time. I see it occasionally yeah. because it just doesn't go with everything that she does. There's also sometimes where you get something that's really nice. And I know that, like, there are things that June doesn't feel comfortable wearing every day. Or, like, jewelry is also, like, it's not like... Well, I have it. I gotta wear it. Like it may just be something well, that comes out. It's an out. accessory. Yes, I think for 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 I will say for women, I think watches and all that stuff is more in line with jewelry stuff that can be changed out every day. Stuff that go, right. you know, different things go with different looks or different events or different this and or that. Get one versus a, a guy. Yeah, yeah, a guy throws a watch on and it doesn't come off for like the next. I mean, I don't wear a watch, but like a lot of guys just put a watch on and it's done. It's there. Yeah, you, you got a watch, and it's like you. I wear that watch every day. Hey, see you later. It tells my time. It's a right. it's a tool, you know. It's not necessarily, or unless you're John Mayer, and yeah. in which case, I'm sure yeah. you're swapping watches all. You the got time. a lot of watches, and you're getting the articles written about your watches. I mean, look, June got a beautiful uh, gift. Someone gave her a, an Apple Watch, 
Now, I knew that uh-huh. to, she really was interested in this Apple Watch because she thought she could do all this stuff on it. But I also know that that's not June's aesthetic. She got right. like these a nicer band for it. Uh, it looks good. But I would say 90% of the time, that Apple Watch is sitting, doesn't yeah. move, doesn't go anywhere. It just sits there. And there's a, there's a, and I know that she likes that she has it. Yeah. I didn't give her this Apple Watch. So I have no guilt about it. But it's like, but she did get it. Um, but that's it. And it just, and that, but she well, likes I also, yeah. I feel very similar. I feel similar. I have an Apple Watch and I feel I, I similarly, I don't wear it all the time. It's yeah. not like I don't it, both because I don't love the aesthetic and also because I don't love having something there. Yes. I don't love something uh, like uh, tight on my wrist. It it that that I don't the like. Only you know, the only reason why. Feeling. Yes, I I agree with you. I would go watchless. The thing that I love about my watch uh, for the most part is I'm often away from my phone. And so yeah, now good. it's been really great because it's like just in the dad world of it all. Oh shit! Who's calling me? Okay. Oh, June's yeah. texting me. Like there is somewhere like, where I can't afford to be checked out. So uh, and I, in because that way. I don't have exactly, and because I don't have any workflow p- parts yeah. of my life that need that, I don't use it as much. And I feel like probably June feels the same way. If there was a way that it suddenly became integral to my day right. to have that watch, and and to your point. Boy, it would be great if I could get the watch so that I could going so that I could not have my phone yes, out and in front of me as often. I think that's a great well, goal. That, that's, and maybe yeah. to use the watch as a as a way to lessen the amount of time I'm looking at the phone. And that really has helped me because I'm never worried about like checking my phone for text because I can get it right here. Yeah. And then I'm like, good. and then I keep my phone away. Anyway, I think that this could be a moment that you should tread lightly for, because I think it's not like I'm taking this gift back. I, in the way that he kind of, Trevor, I don't yeah. want to label you as saying, but it seemed like you were like, I want to repurpose it. Like you don't, well, now I'll give it to somebody else or you like, no, no I think Trevor, yeah. I think if I'm not, if Trevor, if you, uh, man, do you can yeah, please call please. back and tell me I'm wrong, but I feel like Trevor sounds a little bit like his feelings are hurt. Yes. And he wants to a little bit like say, like, can I take it back? Can I do something else with it? And the answer is, of course you can. But I think you can do it in a way that is it's both of you making that choice that you can choose to take it back and be petty about it. Or you can lean into this as this relationship and say, let's do this together and make it something that is for both of you. And then whatever you get for her with her is going to be that much more special versus if you get into an acrimonious thing about the watch because you're butt hurt that she doesn't wear it enough. The watch that you decided she should like. I don't think you're that's not going to be a great starting point. I, I also say this. In a relationship you owe it to your partner on both sides to be honest when you know something is expensive and has changed hands. Like if I get a a shirt I don't love, I'm not going to go stand on circumstance and try to like, I don't really like it or return it. Like sometimes I'll just eat shit on like as anything like, okay, yeah, it's not my favorite thing, but I'll wear it and I'll wear it for you and whatever. Um, But when if you know money has been spent and this is an expensive gift, I also think that you owe it to your partner to be honest. And if you didn't want that rose gold thing or, or like, I don't know where she stands on this. I think that that is also an important step of the relationship because a gift will never 
break a relationship or and if it does you shouldn't be in that relationship because i think we all understand this idea like ah it's not my thing i don't really love it i love the thought i love the sentiment i love that you thought of me and thought this is great it's just not my blank it's not my style it's not my here's thing. here's the thing i think that right now not to belabor this, yeah. but right now, Trevor, both you and your girlfriend are experiencing a sense of anxiety yeah. or unease around this watch, and you're experiencing it separately and as individuals. This is an opportunity yes. for you to come together to solve this problem together and make this a both of you problem. 100%. Trust me, she will be happy to be brought into this conversation and you will be happy to be having it with her because both of you feel individually weird about the watch right now. And she yes. doesn't love it. You want her to love it. That's okay that she doesn't love it. That's not a rejection no. of you. No, the thought you know? is what matters. And the truth is this, it's going to make your relationship better. If that's the case, my way, I also buy that there's maybe a world in which she says, actually, I do like it. I just don't wear it all the time. I feel like, and I don't know, Paul, if you, I feel like this happens a lot with guys and engagement rings. Oh, yeah. That was the most, that was really hard for me. I bought an engagement ring without knowing if June was going to like it. That was traumatic. And I feel like engagement rings should come with like a, a like a little tag of like you can return because I again I don't want like I didn't want to do the thing where I brought I I wanted to propose to June with a ring I think maybe I'm old fashioned in that way or and like I know some people go shopping before and stuff like that and I really debated and it took me about three months to kind of find the ring and look and find it and I got something that I liked that I could afford and I was really happy with it and June really loved it um she's since lost two of them um but um. <laughs> Oh, but and now we don't have any of them. Well, she loves them so much that it, she's turned it into a bit of a game. <laughs> I I told a, her a scavenger hunt, if you will. I did say to her, I said, I will. Uh, I said, I'm not going to buy you a third uh, engagement. <laughs> I, 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 because I know that she does love it. Um, and yeah. she's lost, I think she lost it in our San Francisco show. I'm not quite sure. We were, really? uh, yes. Um, she was, she had like a little, uh, she was moisturizing her hands and she thinks she took oh it God. off in the dressing room and it's forever lost. Oh, no. uh, I know. And the other time she lost it was she was shooting long shot. Uh, she was getting on a boat and someone was helping her on the boat and they just ripped it off her hand. Uh, oh I know gosh. she didn't even make the safe door, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, but anyway, uh, that was a really traumatic thing, but I really tried to make sure, not, not traumatic, but daunting. I wanted to make sure she liked it and I didn't yeah. want to make sure that she didn't felt like okay to say I don't like it because I had a return window. I did figure yeah, out that. Yeah, but that's yeah. the thing is I feel like it causes a lot of anxiety. Yeah. I think especially for younger couples who are, who do have a lot of, like a lot of themselves put into things yes. so that when it doesn't go well, it seems like, oh no, are you, are you rejecting me yes. versus, no, versus, oh no, you know, this might not be my aesthetic or this might not be what I want to wear every day. And that's okay. It's not a rejection of you. A hundred percent. All right, let's take one more call uh, and let's see what we got here. This is our next call. Uh, I don't even know what this one's about. All right, this one's just titled Nice, and it's from Ryan in Tarzana. Here we go. Hi, Paul. This is Ryan from Tarzana. My wife and I have a problem with our nine-year-old niece and her parents. My brother-in-law and his wife got divorced when my niece, about a year ago, and they got divorced over parenting styles. And when I hang out with my niece, when it's just me and my wife or with the brother-in-law, she acts like a normal nine-year-old. Uh, she's polite. She, you know, she talks about school and all that stuff. But when we hang out with her mom, she regresses into a toddler state. 
where she throws fits, she interrupts conversations, she doesn't sit right, she doesn't eat her food. But then the worst of it, she'll grab her mom's sweater to try and pull her boobs out like she's milking or nursing or something. And it's just really embarrassing. So my wife and I are, are wondering, we're in a unique perspective. Should we give that feedback to the mom or should we just stay out of it? It's really difficult to hang out with them and spend time with them. It's kind of embarrassing seeing my niece behave this way. Anyway, let me know your thoughts. Thanks. Bye. All right. This is an interesting question. Wow. This is a, this is a, a lot to take in. Now I know you, you do a lot of work with your nieces. I mean, you have a great relationship with your nieces. Right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They are older. Though. Wait, how old did he say this this niece is? She seems young. I mean, for the behavior yeah. that she's displaying well, close a... enough to breastfeeding age. Yes. But, but... Nine. She's oh, nine. nine. Wow. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. 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 Okay, hey. hang on. Ay, ay, ay. He... Huh. That this is interesting, you know. Um Wow. It's complicated, and he, I right? I didn't love that he said the word milking. No. Didn't didn't as I know. Uh, it shows uh, a shock, Ryan. I, I don't. I don't think it's called milking. Mm. Um, but okay. Um, yeah, this is a nine years old. That's a shock. I, I will say this uh, right off the gate. Like right out of the gate, I sometimes think you have, even if you have a unique perspective, you got to keep your mouth shut. I, I just, you know, I, I just don't think you can get it. I don't, unless you're willing to really upset everything. Sometimes you have to back out. I think, I think. Well, and you, I think, you, uh, yes. Uh, oh, yes, I agree. And I also think, Ryan, you have to acknowledge and understand that you might be causing problems for their, further problems for their co-parenting yes. style if you start to inject or insert yourself into the mix. Yeah. Um, And you're point of view. Now, if you think real harm is being done, of course, that's a different story, to be clear. But this doesn't necessarily sound like that. So I think that, I mean, part of it is, as uncomfortable as it is, I think you're going to have to ride it out. Oh, and try and maybe engage with your niece, Mm. even when she is being you know, more of a, a acting more infantilized or, or acting like that. Try and engage with your niece as a as a nine year old, as a, uh, appealing to the older side or the the more mature side that you deal with when she's with her father. You know. Yeah, I believe that kids all deal with divorce in a very different way, right? And they all are as a as a child of somebody uh, of parents who are divorced. I you know, and I I, I think it's important to have someone for the kid to talk to. Like if there is a therapist to help make those transitions. Now, if you want to help facilitate that conversation without specifics, that might help. I, you know, I, I think that the, the, I always find- In the sense, you're, t- you're saying basically, I think yeah, just so yeah, I'm clear, what you're, you're saying basically, the, one way to approach this would be to not to talk about the parenting styles or anything like that, but to say macro, right? You know, the the divorce can be so hard. You know, do you think you know? It I might don't know. Be the, helpful the if... ni- do you think the niece should be in therapy, or are you guys in group therapy or family therapy? I saw. Does, uh, does yeah, I saw my my friend also is going through something similar, and their kid really benefited from therapy. Like you know, like like planting an idea, a seed, or something, and. 
That with m- the acknowledgement that divorce itself right. can be difficult, not blaming either parent. parent or not saying something here is wrong, but just the idea of divorce can be so upsetting and uprooting to a family. Is there value in, in therapy? Yes, absolutely. Because I do think that, you know, when you come direct at people, especially family, but people, their instinct is to get defensive. and oh, you, especially about parenting. Oh, my God. And I think that, you know, the best way to do this is continue to have conversations with them. You can maybe lead a conversation to a direction, let them be the person who brings it up and then, and then try to find this way to kind of offload them to an idea that that may even like implant an idea in their head that they may think, Oh, that's my idea. I, uh, that was a good idea. And now I'm feel like I want to do this. In that sense, too, where and I don't know what their story is, obviously, Ryan, but like, does everybody need therapy? Yeah. Like, could and and I mean, the answer writ large is yes, yeah. everybody, everybody needs therapy, not just these people here, yeah. but like everybody could benefit from therapy. And if it's if you are able to or if it's accessible, that's the if you can get people feeling like we might all benefit from talking to someone a few times or something like that, that could be. Invaluable, especially kids who clearly there's something going on here and we're not child therapists, obviously, and and neither are you. And, you know, I think that the the root here is like you're trying to help the kid and you're trying to help the kid without blaming the parents and also not letting the parents feel judged. And that's important, too, because if they feel judged, they may not want to go for help because they don't want to be judged by somebody else, too. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean, wow, we we've really covered it that's all. A tough, that's that a tough. That is one. a really tough one. And, that's a really yeah. tough one because you really do, it's hard to. It's family. It's parenting styles. It's children. You know, all this stuff that that are real triggers for people. So yeah, while your your heart is in the right place, just tread lightly. Tread you lightly, know? and 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 I think most importantly too. You know, be an ally to this young girl and make sure that you're, yeah. you you like the most important thing. And, and this is what I think I feel about this, which is, I know we're saying like, don't address the parents directly, but I think the important, the reason why I say that is because then you will be able to remain in this kid's life. And that may be more beneficial in the long run than saying something that doesn't get you anywhere with the parents. And then also eliminates you from seeing your niece and that, and that, and that, and even the stable is you being stable is important for these kids to have one because it does thing. sound like you know instability is probably one of the main reasons that this is going on the the divorce and the yeah. confusion or the changes and the transitions surrounding so if you can be a stable force a a pre, a, a present uh, yeah. um uh, adult in this in this young person's life that's invaluable absolutely well man we've done it jason we've really covered the whole we've covered the whole gamut here i mean we really oh really (laughs) and now we're gonna talk about the mandalorian no i'm just kidding (laughs) oh man oh man all right so uh people you know keep on uh, letting us know uh, this is a very quick transition here to say we're gonna probably go back on the road in the summer uh where do you want us to go i i I think jason we were talking about hitting the east coast a little bit uh yeah we did the we did the midwest uh in in the fall so i think yeah east Coast. we've done some west West Coast dates. I'd love to still do some more West oh, Coast yeah, we dates. Been, yeah, we, we have got some stuff to do. So let us know in the Discord where you want us to go. 
uh, and uh, especially I'd love to hear from people if we've never been to your city. Yes. You know, there's cities that we've never done that I would that I'd love to do. Um, and then, of course, there's the places that we've been many times, like, you know, New York or Boston or whatever that I'd love to return to. But yeah, but also like and, and knowing that, like, we may not know that there's a city that's like, oh, no, we have like giant comedy shows that come through here, you know, but it's it's Gary, Indiana or you know, something we don't know, like, you know, because oftentimes what we try to do is build in stops where you could drive like, okay, well, you can get there. You can get, you know, and that's what, you yeah. know, um, our Midwest tour, I think covered a lot of area of like, it may be a little bit of a drive, but you can at least. And come. it's very heartwarming when people are like, we drove six hours to get here. Yeah. You know, it's very sweet. And I love that. But there, you know, we want people to be able to, especially people who never get to see us except for like the live streams. We want you to come and see a live show. It's fucking Absolutely. fun. So we're looking forward to planning that, get everything ready. Nashville. We've never been to Nashville. I, 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 I'm throwing it out there. I want to play the Ryman. Oh my gosh. That would be a blast. I think Mike has talked to us about that. That'd be great. All right. Well, we got so much to do here. Uh, Jason, pleasure as always. And we'll talk soon. Yeah. Thank you again to Jason and our callers for asking for our advice. Okay. Uh, In place of Paul's help on Jason, I will continue to answer listener calls from time to time. So please give us a call at 619-PAUL-ASK. And to all of you singer-songwriters out there, once again, please send us your songs at howdiddisgetmade at earwolf.com. But don't send us like your songs. Send us songs for this episode. That would be what we're looking for. I mean, God bless your songs. I'm happy for you, but I don't need them. I'll listen to them. Send me a link. All right. You know what? I'll be on the cover of any of your albums. Don't worry about it. Now that we got Torque out of the way, let's talk about next week's movie. We're going from two wheels to four wheels. That's right. Next week, we are going back to where the Fast Saga first started with 2001's The Fast and the Furious. All right. I cannot wait. We finally have done the first one of these. And I know you're thinking, Paul, is this too much Fast and Furious content? Well, you know what? Suck it up because we have been waiting for this. We're building to a moment. This is our New Year's Eve in the middle of summer. And if you've not seen Fast and Furious 1, all you got to know is this. A new guy shows up. His name is Brian O'Connor. Is he cool? Is he not? Anyway, He's trying to find out some information about this L.A. street racing gang who uses souped-up cars and harpoon guns to steal DVD players from moving trucks. When Brian becomes enamored with the street racing world, he must decide where his loyalties lie as a cop or as a bad guy. Now, by the way, I I tried to take out the reference to the fact that Brian O'Connor is a cop because that is a spoiler But uh, I guess, you know what, at this point, you all know that. Rotten Tomatoes gives this film a 54% score on the tomato meter. And Andrew Anthony from The Guardian Observer says, not point break so much as pointless. Ooh, slam. All right, listen to the trailer. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. For those 10 seconds or less, I'm free. This world, the only thing more dangerous than the risks they take. Whatever it is you're in on, I want in on it too. Is the truth. You a cop? The Fast and the Furious. Drive safe. You can stream The Fast and Furious on TNT, DirecTV apps, and you can rent it on Apple TV, Prime Video, YouTube, or Google Play. And of course, Hoopla! 
your library source for all things free from your local library. Now, we have a deleted scene coming up, but first, let me remind you to rate and review the show. It helps. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, make sure you're following us. Visit us on social media. And for commercial-free access to How Did This Get Made in our entire archive and so much more, sign up for Stitcher Premium for a one-month free trial. Use the code BONKERS. A big thank you to our producers, Scott Sonny and Molly Reynolds, our movie-picking producer, Avril Halley, our engineer, Alex Gonzalez, our publisher, July Diaz, and Jess Cisneros, who makes our amazing social media videos. All right, I promised you a deleted scene, and here we go. I wanted to call attention to a corrections and omissions submission from a Discord user named Jabba Joe, who wrote in to say that we forgot to talk about the scene where Adam Scott uses a giant prop key to start his car. Well, Jabba Joe, we did forget to discuss that during the show, but... An audience member did bring it up during the Q&A. So take a listen to this bonus deleted scene from our talk show where we talk about Adam Scott's giant key and a whole lot more. Um, okay, uh, sir, your name, your gang name, and your question. Uh, my name is Tom. My gang name is the Torkelsons. Love it. Um, my question was, anybody else known as Adam Scott's giant key? Oh, yeah. When he starts the car, it almost looks like he puts a hard drive, like an old school, like G-Tech external hard drive. It's another one of those, like, there's a lot of music video shots in this where it's hyper close up. You also have a number of shots that appear to suggest that the interior of a motorcycle has a nervous system like a human body. Like they move through the motorcycle's interior uh, but what's in there seems to be uh, veins and, and heart and, like, like body parts. I That's was like, the body work that they're referring to. I, I was like, please, let David Cronenberg direct <laughs> Torque 2. Uh, Torque 2 crash? Still torquing. <laughs> On that giant key, we see a POV of underneath the train tracks. This gives us the POV of a keyhole in a, co- in a Hummer receiving a key. It's very phallic and exciting. I also think that Adam Scott's character was equipped with the rig that they used to put on that MTV show called Scared. Remember that? It was like a show where they yeah. would put like teenagers in a haunted oh, house. Oh, fear, like, fear. Fear. Yeah. So the, ca- the, the like- camera is like right here. So you're just watching people go, ah, 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 ah. And because his shots, when his car flips, it's like, ah! That's, that's the best part of the movie is when he floors it. And she's like, what are you doing? He's like, those two motorcycles made it. This, the Hummer does like a perfect corkscrew like 12 fucking and times. And lands, <clears throat> lands on top of another car. Yeah. And then right? he goes, he goes, oh, uh, yeah, shut up. <laughs> There's a bunch of bad ADR. He said shut up. That made me laugh so <laughs> yeah. I literally laughed out loud. I was crying. Shut up. Shut up. So funny. Um, but I also like, and I feel like what that moment really brought out to me was how much we don't scream in movies. Like, he was in a death-defying moment. He's like, right. ah! Like, like, I feel like movies would be so much better if like everyone's like, ah! Every movie should be four hours long and have 20-minute sequences where every character's like, what the fuck, dude? We were on top of the fucking train. Well, that's like Are Ford. Are you fucking kidding me? Ford, if the movie takes place in what? I'm going to say seven hours. 
The number of things that happened to Ford in those seven hours. Uh, we're supposed to believe he landed from Thailand that morning. And, or ju- and even wow. even if you just the get the lag. end of the movie, at the end of the movie, he rides the the motorcycle that that breaks the sound barrier <laughs> um, through the city streets. It, it, it double spirals, lands on top of the bad guy's motorcycle. It explodes. He's rocketed forward. A bus almost runs his head over. The tire goes right here. And he shrugs like he's, he's, like, he's, he's like, oh. Shane's yeah. like, should we get out of here? And he's like, all right. I'm cool. Torque. Oh, can I just interrupt for one second? I'm so sorry. Yeah. But just before the line, which you guys said, where the car flips over and he goes, shut up, he says, 80-yard line. Thank God for airbags. Right, right. Because some executive was like, how do they live through this? Uh, uh, can we put a joke in there? Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because I got the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.